Jesus. Amen. Dear Christians, this is the last Sunday before the church enters into the season of Lent. Until this church enters the season of joyful repentance. The last Sunday before the church opens its eyes to look forward to Holy Week, to Monday, Thursday, to Good Friday, and to Easter. We begin watching what our Lord has done in his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to earn forgiveness for all sin, to grant eternal life to all believers, and to win salvation for each and every one of us. We open our eyes to look to the cross to the empty tomb, to the glorious resurrection. We open our eyes here as we spend time in church looking at and seeing what Jesus accomplishes for us. Open your eyes. Well, what exactly is it that we're looking for? It's the same thing that we look for throughout the entire church year, just focused down into a little bit more detail. Jesus tells us in our gospel lesson what it is that we're looking for. He says this, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he, the Son of Man, will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. Open your eyes and look to those events. It's those things that Jesus wants you to see as you move through the season of Lent. That's why he began his answer with that word, see, watch, look, observe. There's nothing else more important for you to do for the next season, six weeks of Lent. These events are necessary for you to see. After all, they are the fulfillment of the entire scripture from Genesis onward. Look to the cross of Jesus Christ. Our gospel lesson is the third time 
in the Gospel of St. Luke that Jesus told his disciples to look to the cross, to look for Jesus bleeding and dying and rising, to look at the price for what sin has been paid. Three times Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem, pay attention. When Jesus says something three times, we ought to listen. We ought to look where he's pointing. We ought to pay attention to what he says. Will you look to the cross? Will you watch as Jesus is tortured and killed? Will you see what God does to him to pay for your sin? Three times Jesus told the disciples to look ahead to the cross. Do you see what our disciples say in our text for this morning? They just don't get it. Their eyes won't see where Jesus is going. It says, they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Three times Jesus told them to look to the cross, and in three different ways, St. Luke tells us that they just aren't getting it. They're not paying attention. They won't look where Jesus wishes. Their eyes are focused elsewhere. They're watching the crowds of people following Christ and thinking ahead to his kingdom. Will I sit at your right hand, Lord, when you come to your kingdom? Will I have power and glory and wealth and riches? They're looking at the things of the world. Even on Monday, Thursday, they still don't get it. They think there's other, more important things to worry about. If you were to summarize it, essentially you could say this, the disciples' eyes are blinded to what is coming for their Lord. They just don't get it. But that doesn't stop Jesus. It doesn't change the reality of where he's going or what he will accomplish. Step by step, Jesus walks down the Jordan River Valley towards Jerusalem. Step by step, he gets closer to his passion, to his suffering, knowing full well where he is going. He passes through Jericho, the next stop on the way to Jerusalem, to Golgotha, to death. And as he passes through, who should he pass by except a blind man begging for money, for food, for whatever? 
The blind man hears the crowd passing by. He says, what's going on? Who's going? Jesus of Nazareth, they say. When the blind man hears this word, he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd asks him to shut up. They rebuke him. Get out of the way. Pipe down. Don't trouble the teacher. He doesn't let that stop him or distract him or change his focus. He cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus hears and stops his procession. He demands that that man be brought before him. What sort of mercy do you want, Jesus asks him. The man asks for his sight to be restored. Christ has compassion. Christ heals this man. Christ sets his world aright. No longer is he blind, but now he sees and watches and pays attention to all that Christ does. You see, by hearing that Jesus was near, this man looked to Christ, even with eyes that could not see. By hearing God's word that his Lord was near, he trusts and begs for mercy upon his ailments, his challenges, his difficulties, his suffering. He will not be distracted. He will not be stopped from seeking mercy from his God. They cannot rebuke him for looking to Jesus. Even his blindness will not stop him as he stumbles and follows, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Christ has mercy. It's the very thing he's come to do. It's quite the juxtaposition that is recorded for us. Do you see it? The disciples who are with Jesus all the time, who hear his preaching all the time, take for granted who he is. They don't see why Jesus has come. They're unprepared to look to the passion they're blinded to what Christ will accomplish in Jerusalem. And at the very same time that those disciples are blinded, a man who is literally blind sees Jesus for who he truly is, the mercy giver, the savior. He sees that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. A verse he probably learned in his childhood. And he believes that word of God. He trusts that Jesus will do that mercy for him. Even if he cannot see the Lord with his own eyes. 
The disciples are blind. The blind man sees. What about you, dear Christian? Will you see? Or will you be blind? Wednesday, Lent begins. We start our fast. Our alleluias will be silent. Our services will be stripped down to bare bones. Our crucifix will be veiled. We'll go from green, the color of life, to purple, a color of repentance and royalty. During this coming season, these next six weeks, where will your eyes look? Will they look to Jesus? Will they meditate upon the cross? Will your ears be open to hearing the word of the cross so that your eyes may be fixed firmly to see Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? Will you, like the blind man, watch as Jesus travels to Jerusalem? Will you watch as Christ is nailed to the cross, naked, bleeding, dying? Will you watch as your salvation is won? Will you see? Or will you, just like the disciples, understand none of these things? Will what is happening be hidden from you? Will you fail to grasp what's going on? Will you be spiritually blind? Will you spend your time focusing on soccer practice or television or March Madness? Will your eyes spend hours watching the screen on your telephone? Or perhaps make sure that it has enough time to watch the back of your eyelids as you slumber your days away? Will you spend hours watching a screen at your job? Will you use these things to excuse yourself from God's word, from the divine service? Will you pay attention to any other thing that your sinful nature wants you to see rather than to come and see your Lord Jesus Christ? Will you focus on what you emotionally want or who you identify as, even if those things are against God's word? Will you fulfill your carnal desires or will you allow them to be curbed beneath God's word? Will you be driven by love of money, of power, or authority, or status? And see through any action to gain more of these things. 
Where will your eyes look this Lenten season? Will you fast in such a way to be driven to Christ's great sacrifice for sin? Or will you use your suffering as a way to declare to the world how worthy you are? Look, I gave up Facebook for Lent. I'm sure I'll be in heaven now. Will you be just like the self-blinded disciples and fail to meditate upon the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus? Or will you be like the blind man who sees and look to Christ and beg him for mercy? the very thing he's eager to give. Dear Christian, Jesus is very eager to show mercy. He desires to save you, even if the cost is flogging, crucifixion, and death. Cheerfully he goes to Jerusalem. He's willing to give himself up for you. He sets aside his godly power that could stop this whole crucifixion business at any time and allows himself to be betrayed by one of the twelve, arrested by God's chosen people, lied against by the religious leaders, flogged, mocked, spat upon, tortured, stripped, crucified, stabbed, and killed by the government of the day. All those things he does for you to forgive your sin. And our Lord would have you watch them to understand how preciously you have been purchased. Every last sin of yours has been laid upon the Lord Jesus. All of your guilt has been taken away. All of your weakness has been paid for. Jesus is killed for you, for your sin. And he also is raised from the dead so that you may be certain that this was all done so that you too would live forever. So that you could understand you are not a slave to sin. Death has no power over you. Jesus was crucified and risen to set you free from all of that. So that you may look and watch with the eyes of faith 
Dear Christian, your eyes have been set free by what Christ has done on the cross. They're no longer blinded by sin, no longer clouded over by your own sinful desires. They see. They're free. So use your eyes this Lenten season and look to Jesus. Look to Golgotha. Meditate on what has been done for you. Rejoice as God conquers sin, death, and the grave for you. Hear the word of God that creates faith in our weekly Lenten services. Soberly receive the Lord's body and blood on Monday, Thursday, as we meditate on our Lord's suffering. Remember the three hours that your Lord hung from the cross in the darkness of sin as we gather for the Tre Ore service. See the Lord placed into the tomb on the Tenebrae Vesper service. Sit, watch, look, remember your baptism at the Easter vigil and await the glories of Easter morning so that you may see the empty tomb, the resurrected Lord in all power and glory and dominion raised so that you too may live. Your eyes have been opened. Be no longer blind, but instead look and see what your God has done for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.